What up, what up? Como esta? Welcome back to the Pod episode 10 of the Pod. This is your host, Sean Galati, along with two homies and two co-hosts. First, we got Samir DaCosta. Hola. Y Peter Prionis. Que pasa? <laughs> and this is episode 10. Your homies are back after a fresh victory against little brother, uh, Michigan State in the big house, 44 to 10. Uh, we sent our own, like we like to do. Uh, Samir and I were at the game, so yep. first let's go right into how we spent the game. Peter, why don't you start off, and Samir and I will finish it off. Yeah, I had the uh, the lower key of the three of us. <laughs> so I was at home watching the game. Uh, I had uh, a cousin in town. Uh, of course, uh, we also had a Sparty uh, a co-worker over to watch the game, uh, which made me a little uh, less tense in the beginning because I wasn't just like cussing and throwing things. Nice. Um, it made the end a little less enjoyable because I couldn't <laughs> celebrate and uh, you know walk around uh, uh, as proudly as I wanted to. So still enjoyable. The game turned out the same way on the couch, but I'm excited to hear uh, what you guys did. Yeah. So Samir and I had a great, an excellent day yeah, in Ann Arbor. It was why, awesome. why don't you? Okay. So I'll start off by saying just the drive over. So uh, John Cunningham, shout out to him. Uh, shout out to his two friends, uh, Brandon and Justin. And we all drove uh, in uh, Ann Arbor on Friday night. And then we got in and we met up with Samir on Saturday. So Samir can tell us what we right. did on Saturday. So Sean and I, we drove into Ann Arbor on Saturday. And shout out to a couple of my roommates from college, uh, Tom Brady. We chilled at his place for a little bit before heading out to a tailgate with one of Sean's friends. And also shout out to Luke Middleton, one of my other roommates who lives in Kalamazoo. He drove in, had tickets for the game. So I got to watch the game with him, which was awesome. Nice. Yeah, so my dad, shout out to him, but he canceled on me and didn't want to go to the game with me. So uh, I took John Cunningham to the game. But anyway, uh, so then we left Luke, We left uh, Tom's house. Shout out to Adrian and the baby as right. well. Adrian and Killian, super good sports about us just showing up sports. at like 7 a.m. And their dog. <laughs> yeah, Montana. Montana. Shout out to Montana. Uh, so then we drove into Ann Arbor. Uh, we met up with uh, Marcus. Shout out to him for hosting all of us at the tailgate. Uh, shout out to Ryan from Grand Rapids, friend of the pod for a long time, uh, and all the homies at the at the tailgate. We saw yeah. it was a super fun tailgate. Yeah, we saw Roadman there. We saw Whoa. Kyle Kowalski, yeah, was, Kyle there. Kowalski was there. It was yeah, Hoover Crew. Yeah, it was super fun. Shout out to all of them. Uh, we had a blast at the tailgate. Tossed the football around. Uh, and then we went into the game and I mean, the game was just aside from like one blip in the, in the first quarter was super yeah, it fun. Was, it was awesome. It was rowdy too in there. It was, yeah, it was, I was, uh, it was, it wasn't like super cold, but, uh, I, I think Michigan had just like had a decent snow downpouring of snow. So I was like expecting that many people, but man, we were, where we were sitting, every single seat was taken. It was crazy. Yeah. And, and the weather was perfect. Like, oh yeah. I mean, yeah, you go nice. into the game knowing that game is going to be mm -hmm. cold, but aside from the cold, like no rain, no, no rain, snow, yeah. no wind, sun was out. Yeah, it was perfect. It, it was perfect. Yeah, it was like a perfect, like November football game in the big house. Yeah. I know Samir picked me up to on Sunday to drive back to Chicago and we were just like, Man, that was a perfect yeah. <laughs> Saturday. It was so much fun. Yeah. So, and then John and I went into the game. Uh, and if you follow me on Twitter, you already know that I post a lot of sideline videos. So this was one of the biggest weeks I think I've ever had in my Twitter, my short Twitter career. Uh, posted like, there was just so much content. Like normally I film like a lot of stuff that's going on the sideline. And some, most of it's like not that interesting. This week there was a bunch of stuff and like the players thought so too. Uh, Giles retweeted me, 
Mikey St. Ristol retweeted Uche. me. Josh Uche retweeted me. Uh, Tariq Black retweeted me. Uh, and it was just getting a lot of attention. Like some of the Michigan, like Instagram networks were also posting my videos. Uh, so that was hilarious to watch while I was at work the past few days, just seeing, Oh damn, that player just retweeted me. That's hilarious. (laughs) Um, so that was really funny to watch too. Anyway, awesome Saturday. So let's get right into the game recap. Then this one will make a little bit shorter and sweeter. Maybe we'll see how it goes, but we're going to do a quarter by quarter breakdown. And we'll see what everybody thinks quarter by quarter just to make things go a little bit quicker. Uh, So first quarter, the only score of the first quarter was a Michigan State passing touchdown. Uh, So they go up 7-0, get on the board first in the big house. What did you guys think about that? Um, Honestly, I was just never worried this (laughs) game. I, I don't know. I mean, that sounds cocky, but, you know, just looking at us, like, leading up to the game, looking at them leading into the game, like... I always knew Dan. It didn't even seem like Dan Tony really had anything like a trick up his sleeve. It just seemed like we had one defensive lapse that led to that decently. I think it was like a thirty-yard touchdown pass, like a twenty. It was like a long touchdown pass to get set up close to the end zone, and then just a one-yard pass. But like, I don't know. It just seemed maybe nerves were at play, but I mean everything settled down, and then we. I mean it was like a forty-four to three for the rest of the game. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just I don't know. It it did not worry me ever, and it's weird because like everyone in our section was just like, eh, they scored. Like I'm sure we'll be fine. Yeah, so yeah. it was cool to see. Yeah, and I think like the first, I mean, they scored on their second drive, I believe. Right. Um, and the first two drives yeah. combined, they just a lot of their movement was with with interference calls and with penalties. Mm-hmm. So it was one of those things. That d- it didn't seem like they were sustainably moving the ball on us, which right. I agree. I was also not particularly worried. Yeah, I do. I do like what the players said after the game about that. I mean. Don Brown defenses at Michigan have overall been very strong. Mm-hmm. But if there's one thing to say, it's that slow starts have seemed to happen more than once, and right. we seem to finish stronger than we start. Mm-hmm. And the players mentioned that. I like that they mentioned that in the post-game interviews this game was that it was a rivalry game. We were really hyped up for this game. And once the nerves settled and once the nerves calmed down, they settled into their national right. selves and spanked a bad team like they thought they should. Mm-hmm. So I like the way they phrase it there. I was, I mean, I wouldn't say I was nervous, but that was not a good look going into the first quarter, 15 minutes of the game to be down 7 nothing. So anyway, tides obviously quickly turned. Second quarter, uh, quickly ran off what happened. We have a Hassan Haskins one-yard touchdown run. A Nick Eubanks five-yard pass from Shea Patterson. And then we go into the half with a field goal from Quindor Dean, 28-yard field goal. So we go into the half 17-7. Comfortable, well, better lead, obviously. Uh, So what did you guys think about that second quarter? Yeah, I felt like even at the end of the first quarter, even from the first drive, honestly, our offense was throwing the ball a lot more. I thought that was an encouraging sign. Uh, Shea was not quite as accurate in the first quarter as he got to be later in the game but it was kind of an opening uh opening up the offense in a sense that there were guys open uh we were hitting them um for the most part um there's some yards left on on throws that brought receivers down um I'm thinking of one I think in the first quarter um where Jackson got a pass that he like had to dive to catch that might have been another 15 or 20 yards but ultimately just right. seeing guys open was really encouraging and seeing the the pass to run ratio from the drop was something that I was really excited about yeah I I mean I completely agree like it seemed like I think this was like the first true game where like speed and space where like they were just like swinging out those yeah. like flare passes to like our wide receivers like one yard out and then they were like actually making moves down the field and I don't know if that's like you know Michigan State was like trying not to get 
be deep, so they were like playing their corners more, like uh, more off our receivers. But it was like really nice to see, just like you know, you getting those chunk plays because you know, it's nice to just see like that speed and space concept like come to fruition. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sucks that it was like super. Like this was like truly the first game where I felt that, and I mean, it's nice to see it. You know, heading into the next two games, and then you know, possibly into next year. The other thing I want to say is. So this is the second time I think we've seen that like wildcat running back yeah. in yeah. the end zone. Yeah. Um, so I think last week Charbonnet scored. Yeah, exactly. This week Haskins scored. Yep. So I'm just uh, I don't if we do it against Indiana I think it'll be the same concept. But I'm interested to see what they can do maybe like play off that against Ohio State because Ooh, and throwing the, something on film. Right. And the only reason why I say that is I don't know if you guys remember 2016 with Jabril Peppers. Where like I do. everyone thought like oh Jabril's gonna do something like amazing with this and it was always just like run to the right run to the left so I don't know I think they're setting it up nicely but man if we don't see a pass out of that I feel like I'm gonna be a little disappointed. That's a great throwback to 2016. Very well, yeah. I remember talking about that specifically. Will Jabril throw the pass uh, right. in the Ohio State game and he didn't. So that's a great point. And yeah, it's a, it's always interesting to see what teams try to put on film before they play these big games, and and that's that's like another thing. We'll 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 get to that point later, but yeah, strong second quarter. Let's keep it moving. Yeah, one, right. one more thing. So yeah. at halftime, I'm on record having texted. I didn't think Michigan State was going to score again. So that's kind of where my mindset was. I wasn't <laughs> quite right, but I kind of had this impression that at 17 points we were we were good. Yeah, nice. Uh, so going into the third quarter, then uh, we have. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, 18-yard pass from Shea Patterson. Beautiful run uh, into the end zone along that sideline. We have then a Michigan State field goal, so we're up 24-10. And then we finish off the third quarter with a Quinn Nordine 49-yard field goal. So what are your thoughts on this quarter, if any? Um. Yeah, I like the Donovan Peoples-Jones touchdown was beautiful. Beautiful. He was like number one receiver coming out of – high school into college and like his speed was like the number one reason and we saw that speed on display he just like shoved that michigan state defender down it was it was beautiful and then obviously quinn nordine seems to got a swagger back so that is good to see yeah let's talk about the question we were talking about before the pod right now uh so quinn nordine now has two field goals in the game recap so far he finishes in the fourth quarter with another field goal so he finishes the game three for three do we feel more comfortable about our kicking uh, situation heading into the last two games of the season more so than we did previously. I mean, no. Okay. Uh, I, I think that, uh, there's yes, maybe there's a trend that we're seeing over time. I don't know that that means that he's going to be any better in the next couple games than he was. Uh, I think especially with weather coming up and things getting colder, I, I, I mean, I don't trust him less, but I don't think I trust him or, or trust our kicking team anymore. I'd still like to score touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually, feel decently comfortable now with our kicking game just because uh nordine kind of seems like a streaky kicker and before this game i mean it looked like nordine and moody had the yips so it's nice to see nordine kind of quell those yips because you know we kind of talk about how like michigan always gets off to these slow starts can't find the end zone in the first couple drives and having someone like nordine to maybe even just put three points on the board to like you know you know, against Ohio State, we're going to have to score a lot of points. And, you know, if you can't get seven, at least getting those three, you know, might help you out towards the end of the game. Yeah. So I also agree that I am more comfortable just because last week we weren't comfortable at all, as you were kind of saying. Uh, although along Peter's uh, side of things, it's only one game of sample size. I mean, 
we're getting to the end of the season where we can't really, we don't really have games to accumulate yeah. a larger sample size to become more comfortable. So in that sense, you got to take what you can get. Uh, but Quinn Nordin, good to see one of the two kickers finally show strength, especially because he was the number one kicker coming out of college that year, especially because he's the kicker with the stronger leg that we might mm -hmm. be wanting to put in those longer right. situations. So good for him. I was telling Cunningham during the game, sideline reaction, Quinn Nordin just walks around the sideline with his like frontward facing hat. Like he walks around like he's like walking around a boat or something. He's just like <laughs> chest out, just like looking around. Like, he just like he, like he owns a place or something. It's super <laughs> weird. Uh, anyway, Let's head on in the fourth quarter then. Another big scoring quarter for Michigan. So we started off with a Nico Collins 22-yard pass. So this was a big three-play sequence for yeah. Michigan. It uh, started off, uh, I posted the whole three-play sequence on right. Twitter if you want the sideline reaction for every single one of those plays. Uh, but it started off with fourth and short for Michigan State. They fall start on when they're lining up to go for it. Then it's uh, fourth and more than five. So they line up to punt. Khalid Hudson comes in like a crazy man. Uh, and he's like he's been doing for Michigan, uh, now the leading uh, punt blocker in Michigan history ever since he started tracking this stat. Uh, he blocks that punt. Uh, we recover the ball and first play with the ball. Shea Patterson throws a dime to Nico in the end zone. So that was a beautiful way to start off the fourth quarter. Mm. The next one is a Quinn Nordine 33-yard field goal, and then we finish off the, the quarter and the game with a Cornelius Johnson first touchdown for him along the left sideline. Uh, the only thing I want to add about this quarter is that actually this field goal in the middle of the quarter, this was the this was a field goal along, on a drive that stalled after DPJ stepped out of bounds yeah. Uh, yeah. along the left sideline. We ended up after they that called field goal. it a touchdown. After they yeah. called it a touchdown. I posted a video of uh, DPJ's reaction to this, too, if you're interested in that. Um, but So, yeah, this quarter really could have been three beautiful drives with three different wide receivers, mm -hmm. Nico, DPJ, and uh, Cornelius. So, strong quarter. Anyway, what did you guys think about this quarter overall, and did you want to talk about anything specifically? I, I think this, like, uh, validated my prediction maybe more than anything I've said all season. And, like, we just kept the foot on the gas. Uh, we, I don't think we did anything particularly special relative to what we were doing the other two quarters. But we didn't bring in the second string. Uh, we yeah. didn't start running the ball. Yeah. We wanted to put points on the board, and we did. And we continued to. And I think that the – I mean, the Cornelius Johnson touchdown pass was the most apparent that we were just trying to put points – like, that's a play that we hadn't run yet this season – as explicitly as we did there it's like throwing the ball to our backup wide receiver like just to rub it in and I think that that was pretty damn wonderful yeah yeah I mean just overall great play the one thing that I I I'm not sure a lot of people noticed this but when Kalik blocked the punt he ran straight to Chris Partridge oh, I don't yeah. know if people noticed <laughs> yeah. that it's like kind of cool to see like the coat like and his coat like they like I don't know. They were like celebrating pretty hard, so like it's it's kind of cool to see that. I I felt it's like I don't know. It seems like everything's like kind of coming together, which is really nice. Yeah, actually, that one <laughs> that running over to Chris Partridge's. It's funny you bring it up. Somebody commented on that video that I posted and said Kalik was pointing up to Chris Partridge for him to go up for the chest bump. And a coach standing right by Chris Partridge thought Kalik was pointing at him. So you see this other guy like <laughs> run oh. into Kalik and almost knock Kalik over before he actually oh, gets to Chris Partridge. <laughs> and when I looked at it closely, I was like, oh my God, that's so, <laughs> so funny. Uh, anyway, about this quarter in particular though. Uh, so 
the Cornelius Johnson was one thing I wanted to talk about earlier in the game. I thought we'd save it for right now. So going back to showing uh, teams what we want to put on film for them to see later in the year, I thought this play was beautiful because it shows that, like, one, back wide receivers being the game, you kind of got to respect them. You can't be, like, croaching it on the line or putting more DB, mm-hmm. more, more uh, guys in the box when those guys are in. So it's I not liked, like Mo Ways on the field. <laughs> <laughs> so I like... <laughs> So I like Just that we put this lost a friend of the pod. <laughs> <Throw> so, <back. laughs> so I lost. So I like that we put this play on film. And then two, I like what Peter said about keeping your foot on the gas. Uh, so that's actually um, it wasn't a change of pace from what we were doing earlier in this game, but it was a change of pace for what we were doing early on in the season. Yeah. Like once we get a single touchdown right. lead or two touchdown lead, your foot is off the gas. Yeah. And I think the players dis- explicitly noticed that and said they explicitly talked about that before the game, that they wanted to like annihilate this yeah. team. And I'm not sure if that was a Michigan State thing or just a change in culture yeah. in general. I think it's kind of just a Michigan State thing, mm-hmm. but good to see. Yeah, And then all three of our freshman wide receivers that we expected to contribute, so San Ristol, uh, Giles, Giles, and, and Cornelius. Cornelius have now all caught touchdowns this year. Which more, I think is pretty cool. More than Ronnie Bell. Yeah. Apparently, Cornelius Johnson <laughs> <laughs> brought that up with Ronnie in the locker room. Ronnie said it in an interview like a couple of days ago. Like <laughs> Cornelius was like, "Yo, who's got more touchdowns though?" <laughs> <laughs> Which is hilarious. Yeah, jackass move after the Penn State. Game. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, I think yeah. everyone's <laughs> yeah. kind of mentioning he has zero touchdowns, but not really mentioning why. Yeah. Which is fair. Whatever. I don't. Want, I mean, he's clearly. I mean, he's going to be, like, our number one receiver next year. He's like awesome. all world. So, yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like at this point, you can kind of, like, I feel like it's weird to kind of tiptoe around that situation. Like, just, like, it is know, what just it talk is. about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So, enough with explicit game recap. I want to talk about larger things that happened in this game. First thing being, we kind of alluded to this earlier, the passing to rushing breakdown. So, Shea Patterson's final stats are 24 for 33, 384 yards. We haven't seen him put up those numbers at Michigan. Uh, And the rushing breakdown was 34 carries for 83 yards. So almost a one-to-one breakdown in terms of passes to rushes, but like a four-to-one in terms of yards. So that was obviously something we haven't seen uh, in Jim Harbaugh's tenure, uh, well, frankly, at Michigan in a long time. Uh, maybe going back to like Rich Rod, honestly. So, what do you guys think about that? And does this fit into the mold for how you think a Josh Gaddis offense is going to be moving forward? And do you think we see a similar breakdown? I'm less curious about your opinion in the Indiana game, but more so about your opinion in the Ohio State game. I think that we will see a similar breakdown. And I think, I think it was our first tripod after the Wisconsin game. We were talking about outlook for the season and. I think across the board, we were most optimistic about the offense transitioning into more of a pass first, spread the field, like what they promised over the off season kind of offense. That was the the hope for our season was to see that that transition and that growth from the offense. And I think really since, uh, I mean, the second half of the Penn State game, we've seen more of that. Uh, and I think especially this game, we just came out throwing. It was not the kind of game where um, Harbaugh wanted to like, bash Ben Mason into the line every play, which maybe he did want to do that, but that's not what he did because we spread the field and we got the, the, the ball moving from the beginning. And even on the first, um, I read something somewhere that I think the first play from scrimmage was a sack. Uh, we dropped back to pass, or maybe the, in the first series, we dropped up at back to pass and Patterson got sacked. And like there was fear, and I this kind of resonated with me, like, hey, 
are we just going to turtle now and run the ball every play? Um, and so it was nice to see that um, and nice to see Patterson have another really successful day without an interception to to kind of like get that momentum right. going before, you know, before we get into the last two games. I'll, I'll leave the last question about the, the next couple weeks to, to y'all. Yeah, I uh, so there's like I think kind of getting into that. I think uh, the interesting thing that we have to look forward is what is going to happen like in the next two games and heading into ne- next year. Because when we think about like Harbaugh's tenure, I mean, honestly, when was the last time he had an offensive coordinator that truly went more than like two years? Or like even more mm-hmm. than like, I know we had Pep Hamilton last year, but like it seemed like after things kind of were souring after that, you know, we had Shea Patterson. Like there's just been so many transitions, like, transitions in our offense. And like I know Shea Patterson's going to leave next year, but like, you know, we have Dylan coming in who's been in this program now mm-hmm. for three, two years heading to his third year like I think there's just like it's I think it's good because we've had like a lot of struggles with our offense at the beginning of the year and we kind of fix it towards you know in the middle of the year and we look good heading into the end of the year it's nice to have some like continuity going from you know 2019 season to 2020 because like I mean and I think we are losing a decent amount of players on offense but it looks like we do have like you know our offensive line it looks like there are people ready to like step in to those roles with the people leaving we obviously are going to have a great quarterback competition next year with Milton and uh, Milton and McCaffrey running back looks set even Chris Evans is coming back so it's even going to be more positive you know like I mentioned now we have our three freshman receivers who've all caught touchdowns we have Ronnie Bell coming back next year out of the big three of uh, Tariq, uh, Nico, and DPJ, I mean, maybe one of them comes back. I mean, hopefully one, maybe two comes back. I mean, it just, like, bodes well. Like, I'm excited to see, like, how consistency transitions our offense from 19 mm-hmm. to 20. I think that's, like, something we can kind of look for the next two games and then, you know, kind of into the off season into the fall of 2020. Yeah. Uh, so I'll only talk about what I think about this team uh, moving forward into the Ohio State game, and I do think we see a similar breakdown just because we've tried to go into that game and go into that game over the last four seasons like we've had, like we've done the rest of the games, playing, trying to play bully ball. And I think that's the reason why we brought in Josh Gaddis in the first place. I saw Joe Klatt talk about this, and I thought he talked about it really well um, in how we've, why the reason, what the reason was we brought in Josh Gaddis and uh, and it's really just for to play another uh, progressive style offense and to put our players in a, in a spot where we haven't previously. And when you're trying to be, play bully ball against a team that has out recruited you along the mm-hmm. offensive defensive lines, you're not going to win that game. Mm-hmm. And a better way to try to win that game is to put your guys in space like we're starting to do now. And we're starting to exploit every single part of the field now, which is so encouraging offensively. We have a great rushing package, obviously, now with Charbonnet and Hassan Haskins. We are targeting the deep ball with DPJ and Nico Collins, and we're targeting the the sides of the field with bubble screens to Ronnie Bell and the quick slants to Ronnie Bell, mm-hmm. and now now even throwing Giles in there on some rushes as well. Mm-hmm. So and I, rounds, yeah. Yeah, I like what we're doing in terms of exploiting all parts of the field. And there's not one part of the field, particularly the box, that the defense can key in on to try to stop our team. So I really like that yeah. about us going and forward. I think like the interesting thing about Ohio State is Michigan State had a really good defensive line, right? They had Kenny Willekes, they had Raekwon Williams. And Ohio State's line is 
better than Michigan State's. So I'd like to keep that passing going, Mm -hmm. you know, how we did against Michigan State, because I don't think we rushed the ball that well against Michigan State. But, I mean, we still scored 44 points against them. So, like, at least someone realized that, hey, you know, this is obviously going to be a deficiency in our offensive game plan. Maybe we can make up with this with these, like, screens and, like, end around. So I kind of want to just see that, like, ingenuity and, like, creativeness against Ohio State. All right. So let's move it on to one more topic, kind of within the game recap. We didn't forget about the defense. We still got to talk about the defense. And we had two monster plays on defense in terms of turnovers. One from Ambry Thomas, uh, right, right on the sideline in front of me. And then another by Lavert Hill, also on the sideline right in front of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got videos of both of those, which was <laughs> super funny. Uh, Lavert Hills in particular uh, was hilarious, as has been talked about a million times. He was just trying to like taunt the dude that was covering him. Right. And obviously they were barking at each other for throughout the game before then because he just shoved the dude out of bounds and just flexed on him and stepped right out. Like right. did not make any sort of attempt to get down the field, which in a close game might make me upset. But yeah. in this game was just fine. Yeah, I think that was the second <laughs> pick. I think the game was already out of hand. So he was just like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you like you see that from especially from the state of Michigan players. Like the guys who grew up playing in state were are just all over that. Uh, I mean it's it's fun to see them really just get to soak that in. Yeah, that's the only thing I gotta add to that is for Ambry Thomas in particular, I know he's commented a bunch of times about how a lot of his best friends went to Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think he, I think he was the one who posted on Twitter like the best players in Michigan go to Michigan. Right. I think he's just trying to he he holds this rivalry like mm-hmm. so deep in his heart. So for him to come up with a turnover in this game in particular was it was just great to see for him. Yeah, I think him and uh, so he was covering Julian Barnett most of the game, who was like I think the best player out of Michigan last year went to Michigan State, and it's just like it's interesting to see like him co- like. Yeah, I know you said, like, the best players out of Michigan go to Michigan, but, like, Julian Barnett was a great player, and he covered him. He covered him well. So it's, like, you get that intensity at their rivalry because, like, Barnett is also from Michigan. So it's, just like, good to see us come out on top of that in, like, yeah. the, these kind of rivalry games. Yeah, I sure. kind of thought they might, like, I, I don't know what it was like live, but um, the, the receiver just biffed it on the Ambry pick, and I was, like, expecting a flag there. Um, just because I was, you know, hold up and expecting a flag. Uh, it was nice to see that that didn't happen. Because that was just a horrible throw. throw. It was an awful yeah. throw, and the receiver, yeah. like, yeah. Was, yeah. Like, I think five so plus yards short. We talked about this on, like, the drive back, and I don't know if anyone watched the Illinois versus Michigan State game. Brandon Peters had, like, one of the worst throws ever, like, throwing to the end zone, which Michigan State picked off. This, like, rivaled it. It was <laughs> so bad. Like, they literally had to, like, come back, like, I don't know. It was just a bad throw. It was a bad throw. Uh, good for Ambry for keeping his eyes on right, the ball exactly. for such a horribly thrown ball. Uh, anyway, then. So, unfortunately, Galatipod is going to take another break next week. Your boy's going out of the country again. So, we're going to spend the rest of the pod now talking about uh, how we see the next two weeks of the season going. Because next pod we're going to do is post-Ohio State, post after the season because we're not going to make the Big Ten Championship game. So yeah, I think we're mathematically eliminated now that Rutgers lost to um, – now that now Ohio the Ru- State – Right now the Rutgers is out of it? No, no Ohio <laughs> State beat – Ohio State's win against Rutgers. Unexpectedly. Like, mathematically. <laughs> unfortunately, mathematically eliminated. Although Rutgers just scored 21 points against Ohio State. That's true. I think like, that was the, the first first quarter touchdown right. that Ohio State allowed all year. <laughs> was to Rutgers uh anyway so rest of the pod is a game prediction pod for how we see the team going uh doing the rest of the year so let's start off with Indiana then 
Uh, so Samir and I were listening to uh, In the Trenches, John Jansen's podcast right. on the way back to uh, Chicago, and it was hilarious. Every every single player interview that John Jansen's like co-host or whatever was doing was like, oh yeah, uh, so Indiana, uh, big trap game. And first night I was like, all right, good. He's calling a trap game for all these players. Second interview, oh yeah, we got a big trap game. And then the third interview, he was like. We got one of the biggest trap games of all time in <laughs> Indiana. <laughs> but it's interesting because, like, Sh- when he talked to Shea, I love Sh- like Shea's confidence was like, "Yeah, we have Indiana next week, but we know the big one." He, I don't think he said Ohio State, but he's like the big one is like the he week said after. The big one. So, like, I don't know. I like I agree with like the trap game trap. Well, trap game because uh, Indiana is like historically just like given us problems. I mean, I remember twenty seventeen we went to overtime. Like, I think the year after that, like it was. Or the year before that, uh, John O'Corn had to come in for Wilton Spade, and mm-hmm. we were like, "That was like the game where all the players were doing like snow angels on the field." Like, yeah, Indiana's like given us problems, so no doubt. You know, I do think. You know, I would. I also think we're gonna beat them handily, though. But I don't like. I don't know. I feel like the trap game thing. Although, like people talk about it, like it is true, and I, I still think we're gonna win. But I don't know. We should watch out. Yeah, I think it's going to be a closer game. I don't know. I guess people are kind of considering it a trap game now. I'm not, <laughs> not going to be the first one to say that. Um, but I think, no. Wait, I what mean, kind of game is it? A trap it, queen. No, but the, uh, yeah, I think that, so they're starting quarterbacks out or their best quarterbacks Pounds. out. Yes. Um, <laughs> and so they've got, uh, what's his name? Peyton Ramsey, who's been there for like right. 40 years. Mm-hmm. Um, he, so, I mean, I, I think it's a, I also kind of think it's a game we'll win handily, but I don't see the score being wild. I think it'll, it will be a game reminiscent of the weeks leading up to Ohio state in the last few seasons where we maybe get out to a 10 or 13 or 14 point lead and do kind of squeak out the win. Um, I don't know that, that just will make me unfeel feel uncomfortable. I think the only thing that would make me really excited going into the Ohio state game is if we, just came out and blew them out, blew them out without really having to do much. If we put up like a twenty-point win against Indiana, I would be quite enthused going into uh, our game against Ohio State. Uh, and just to be uh, so, uh, Indiana went to Happy Valley mm-hmm. last week and they lost by seven. Yeah. So I they're, mean, no, that's right. They're, they're good. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so again, I do think Indiana is a trap game. I also kind of agree with Samir. I think we're going to beat them, but I think it's going to be close. And I think it's going to be a game in the third and fourth quarter, particularly because it's away. And we know Michigan definitely doesn't perform anywhere near that they do at home as they do on the road. So I do think it's going to be close. Indiana is doing very well this year. Uh, but I think we're going to come out with a win. Um, and I think we're going to pull away sometime in the second half. Uh, anyway, let's get on to the big game we got, we got to talk about uh, before we finish the pod and talk about Ohio State. Samir, do you want to lead off with the, with the question? Sure. <laughs> um, I don't know what the question is. So the question is, let's start off with who do you think is going to win? Oh, uh, oh we're doing that now? Let's do it now and let's talk about why. Okay. No, I want to go last. Okay. So, or Peter. Because I'm going to bring down the house. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, who do you think is going to be – who do you think is going to win the Michigan-Ohio State game, the game? Wow. You know, after a year of deliberation, <laughs> uh, I think Ohio State's going to win. I don't think it's going to be particularly close. Again, I, I feel kind of like I did whenever the last time as we talked about this where it's a game we might be down seven, down ten at halftime, and then it just they pull away in the second half. Um, I think there's a, 
a chance we're sitting at the end of the first half or somewhere in the second quarter, even an early third quarter, and we're like, okay, this is possible still, um, and then it's just not. Yeah. I think we're going to lose. I think there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic. I think there's a lot of reasons to not be optimistic. I will get into it further, but I think we're going to lose. Samir, what do you think? Okay, guys. <laughs> so at the start of the season, I did. I predicted Michigan to go 11-1 and with their one loss being against Ohio State. That is true. And You're close. <laughs> at this point, I, Mr. Samir, Mr. Positive, I'm going to reverse my pick, Ooh. and I'm going to pick Michigan to win this game. Okay. Wow. Here are my reasons. <laughs> okay. Shea Patterson has never lost in the big house. That's a good reason. Wow. It's not going to end. He's going to end <laughs> up undefeated in the big house. Okay. Two, Justin Fields has not played a true road game. And mm. although, like, he's not played a, a road game where, like, a, cr- a team has been good and a crowd has been hostile. That is a hundred percent true. Right? I mean his like hundred percent true. Like his real his truest road game was like Nebraska, who like at this point is fighting to make it to a bowl game. Both Penn State <laughs> and Wisconsin, both are gonna be at home for them. Right. Right? So I also read that Ohio State's turning back some of their ticket allotment because I've been to that Ohio State game a bunch of times and there's a lot of red in that stadium. Yes. It's, and it's bad. And I'm hoping that there's going to be less red in that stadium. People are going to be pumped for this game and actually have, like, a true home advantage. I think our offense is clicking. Our defense kind of wasn't great at the start of the year, especially when you look at that Wisconsin game. But our defense has been playing lights out for the past couple of weeks. I mean, even that – I think – there was a stat against like Penn State. I mean, we outgained them by like over a hundred yards, and so you know, I just like being positive about Michigan football, and I'm just gonna pick the win. I respect I'm just gonna it. do it. Wow, I, I I'm like just gonna it. do it, guys. <laughs> guys, just let me do yeah. me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna laugh at all you guys <laughs> when we beat them in two weeks, and I'm be like, ha, told you guys. You can <laughs> laugh at me for a year. <laughs> yeah, I will. <laughs> all right. So going along with Samir said, I also made. Uh, some talking points for why I do think there are a lot of reasons to be optimistic in this game. One, the team is trending up, like compared to where we were the first half of the year, where coming off losses against uh, Wisconsin and Penn State. Since that second half of the Penn State game, the team has trended up significantly. The way we looked against Michigan State, again, bad team. Uh, I just really like what we're doing more than how we're beating, more than the, just that we're beating bad teams. I like how we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, second thing, this is a home game. Going along with what Samir said, uh, Shea Patterson hasn't lost one since his Michigan uh, career. Uh, you're, the best chance for you to beat a Ohio State team in any given year is going to be at home. That's right. a good reason to be optimistic. Uh, three, Ohio State plays Penn State the week before. That is a much tougher, tougher battle objectively than us playing Indiana. So they could be bruised up. Uh, they could be coming off a tough win. They have to devote a lot of attention this week mentally to Penn State. So that's going to be an advantage for us as well. Uh, three, four, like I said uh, before, our offense has really opened up using the entire part of the field. I really like that. Uh, again, like Justin Fields, not playing one tough road game. And this is just his first year as a starting quarterback overall. Shea has had many now before, going, before he even came to Michigan. So rookie quarterback, 
first hostile road environment, first hostile road environment being the game, obviously we haven't put up a competition against them in a long time, but that's still, I mean, hostile. It's definitely hostile. There's mm. no doubt about that. Uh, obviously, aside from that, there's a ton of reasons not to believe, main part being Ohio State has looked ridiculous yeah. this year. Uh, not played uh, as tough of a schedule, uh, especially on the road, as they will against us in this game. But, I mean, they've just looked straight-up dominant. So that's why, despite those things, I'm still going to say we come up with a loss. But there are reasons to be optimistic. And I, I think, like, one thing with Don Brown is whenever he gets truck-sticked the next year after that, he actually does a really good job <laughs> of preparing for that one team. Um, so, like, you know, a couple years ago, we got destroyed by Penn State. The year after that, he comes back and, like, shuts down Penn State. You know, we've seen uh, Notre Dame a couple years ago. Like, last year, Notre Dame beat us. He comes back, absolutely obliterates Notre Dame. You know, I think he has that, like, track record of, like, you know, if a team embarrasses him, he comes back and, like, kind of shows them up. So, you know, I'm just hoping that all these things that I've talked about just come together in one perfect harmony and we get that W. To throw a little wrinkle in that, though. No, don't do that. There is one particular reason going off of that to be pessimistic. Is it Greg Madison? And that is that their defensive coordinator is Greg (laughs) Madison. And he has worked, obviously, intimately with Don Brown, knows intimately how Don Brown's scheme works, maybe does not know intimately how he might change his scheme this year to fit the same similar type of Ryan Day offense that they have. But that is reasons to be pessimistic for sure. And like obviously, he might not know a little bit about how we've changed our offense. So that is a, a significant change that we made this year. Uh, but, yeah, that is <laughs> undoubtedly a little wrinkle that the Notre Dame and Penn State games obviously did not have. I will, mm. I will say that I reserve the right to pe- um, amend my pick. <laughs> Off if, the pod. <laughs> if, if Don Brown puts Brad Hawkins on, like, Olave, because I think one of Don Brown's fatal flaws is he just – I don't know if he, like, doesn't understand speed, but, like, he, like <laughs> – What put, about in space? <laughs> he needs to listen to a good track pod. <laughs> but, like – like, you know, with this year's Penn State game, he kept putting so, Hawkins. So bad. He kept putting Hawkins and on, uh, on the KJ Hamler. Last year's Ohio State game, I mean, he put Watson on Olave, which, I mean, Olave is fast as hell. You know, two years ago, he kept putting Mike McCray on uh, Saquon, Saquon Barkley. Barkley. It's just like, dude, like, speed is a thing. Yeah, like, <laughs> speed exists. So, like, if he chooses not to respect that, I reserve the right to amend my pick. So Just mid saying. game, yeah. <laughs> once we yeah. start, with, once we get him down, uh, look at Galati Pod's uh, Twitter for <laughs> updates on if I amend my pick or not. Samir breaks down speed. Yeah. <laughs> he understands it. All right. So with that, we'll go into the rap outro. Then this week we got Fifty Cent along with the rest of the G Unit clan. Hate it or love it, because that's kind of how I feel about this team right now. Hate it or love it. This is our squad. I'm becoming a big Jim Harbaugh. Well, I've been a Jim Harbaugh, big Jim Harbaugh fan. We're Jim Harbaugh stands. We're this is a Jim Harbaugh pro Jim Harbaugh pod. If you are anti Jim Harbaugh, go elsewhere. Uh, but yeah, I'm still a big Jim Harbaugh fan. Hate it or love it. Like this is where uh, this team is going to be. We're back to where we were um, in terms of like getting double digit wins on the year. Now we just got to take that next step and try to beat Ohio State and try to get Big Ten championships. Big Ten championship, obviously this year is maybe not in the cards, but uh, yeah, I just kind of feel like it's a little swagger coming up with this team. Sure, I like the way Samir described it. He's feeling more optimistic about this team, and that's why I just say, hit it or love it. You gotta, you gotta ride with us or die with us at this point. 
Yeah. Go blue. Yeah, and I think I, you know, the team has to 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 perceive Indiana as a trap game. I'm able to do whatever the hell I want. Uh, their 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 best win is against four and six Nebraska. So take what you will. I'm hoping for a big win. Uh, it'd be really nice to see a couple score, maybe three score victory, for sure. Yeah. How far, how far away is Bloomington? I wonder how many like Chicago people are Because I don't think it's like that far. So. No, I thought about it, but then I'm busy. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about it, but then I'm traveling so much right now that I just. I, can't. I am also traveling, so that is why I won't be there. Anyway, we'll go ahead and end the pod that right there. Uh, your next pod will be after the 12th game and final game for Michigan before bowl season this year. So. We'll hit you up with the whole season reaction pod that week hopefully we have some happy tales maybe we won't but anyway we'll finish off with a pod for you for sure there Samir, you got something yeah i mean we'll also break down the bowl game uh you know we'll see who they're playing kind of scout that team and give you guys the, the best uh the best preview heading into that game for yeah sure. and i'll have a 40 minute monologue on john teske <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah we can get into some basketball talk exactly time. anyway if this is your first galati pod shout out to you if you're joining us from the fresh Twitter followers that we have now. Uh, so shout out to all of you guys for giving us, uh, for giving me some <laughs> something to look at with my Twitter notifications while at work. That was hilarious. Uh, anyway, we'll end the pod right there. We'll see you guys in two weeks. Go blue for the next two weeks. Peace out. Go blue. Go blue.